0: If you have a Bible, join me in Exodus chapter 40, verse 17. I want to talk to you about how it is finished before we take communion tonight on this Good Friday. Exodus chapter 40, verse 17. If you have it on your phone, there's a Bible in front of you. But it is finished. You see, man in his sin could not come near God. So God told Moses to make a tabernacle, a dwelling place, a place where he could walk among his people. And it was a veiled tent where he and his holiness would come to dwell among men, but men could not come close to him. So here's what he told Moses in Exodus chapter 40. Now in the first month of the second year, on the first day of the month, the tabernacle was erected. Moses erected the tabernacle and laid its sockets and set up its boards and inserted its bars, erected its pillars. He spread a tent over the tabernacle, put a covering of the tent on top, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. Then he took a testimony, a testimony, and then he put it into the ark, which was the Ten Commandments, and attached poles to the ark and put a mercy seat on top of the ark. That was the lid. And he brought the ark into the tabernacle, the dwelling place. And he set up a veil for the screen and screened off the ark of the testimony just as the Lord commanded Moses. Then he put the table in the tent of meeting on the north side of the tabernacle outside the veil. And he set an arrangement of bread in order before the Lord just as the Lord commanded Moses. And he placed lamps before the Lord just as the Lord commanded Moses. And then he placed the gold altar in the tent of meeting in front of the veil. And he burnt the fragrance of incense on it just as the Lord had commended Moses." And then he set up the veil for the doorway of the tabernacle, and he set the altar of burnt offering before the doorway of the tabernacle, the tent of meeting, and offered on it the burnt offering, and a meal offering, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. And he placed a laver, a basin, between the tent of meeting and the altar, and put water in it for washing. And from it, Moses and Aaron and his sons washed their hands and their feet. And when he entered the tent of meeting, when they approached the altar, they washed, just as the Lord had commanded Moses he erected the court and all the tabernacle and the altar and hung up the veil for the gateway of the court. Thus Moses finished the work. Somebody say, finished. Thus Moses finished the work, then the cloud covered the tent of meeting and the glory, the tangible presence of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting because the cloud had settled on it and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. So, Moses built a dwelling place, a tent of meeting for God. It was veiled. It was because God desired to dwell among His people. We couldn't get closer to God, so God decided to get closer to us. And the Bible says that this was a type and a shadow, a foreplace, a foreshadow of what God had in heaven. But what little did we know is that God was going to reenact this whole thing through the life of His own Son. God had built a tabernacle of tents with Moses, but it decayed. Then through David and Solomon, he built a tent or a temple of stone. But that temple was destroyed and that ark disappeared, never to be seen again. So God desired to still walk among his people. Somebody say amen. So he built a better tabernacle, a better dwelling, a better way to walk among his people. Here's what it says. John chapter 1, verse 14. And the Word became flesh and tabernacled among us. And we saw His glory as the glory of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. The tabernacle began to be erected. Jesus was sent to earth. Paul said, as when the fullness of time came, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman under the law. It wasn't in sockets and uh, boards, but it was in sinews and bones. God's very word that spoke the world into existence. The one who walked with Adam. The angel of the Lord who walked with Abraham before Sodom. The one who was with the three Hebrew children in the fire. The divine presence that met Moses in the bush and rested in fire on Sinai. Who spoke with Moses face to face above the mercy seat. That word became flesh. And he dwelt among us. Because God so loved the world, he sent his son So just like Moses began to erect the pillars, God sent forth the Word. Then Moses veiled. Exodus 26, it says, The tabernacle was veiled with ten curtains of fine twisted linen, blue and scarlet with cherub on it. And it was covered with eleven curtains of goat's hair, white next. And then it was covered with ram skin. And then beyond that it was covered with porpoise skin, which was leather. So here we have this this outer court that Moses uh, set, uh, set out. And then he makes this square tent. Uh, and he puts it in different layers of curtains. The first layer is a cherubs. It's royal. The next layer is white for purity. The next layer is, is red-dyed ram skin or, or wool. And then the next layer is leather. And all of that began to be a foreshadow. It wasn't necessarily about the veiling, but the tabernacle now was not veiled with layers of tent, but layers of skin. Veiled not in goat and badger flesh, but in human flesh, it was a foreshadow of Jesus. You see, the royal cherub layer was for his divinity, the white wool for his purity, the red for his blood, and the leather for his flesh. God was unveiling himself to men. Here's what John wrote in chapter 1, verse 18. No one has seen God at any time, the only begotten God, who is in the bosom of the Father, Jesus, he has explained him. So, the veil next Moses it says he he made a place for us bread so as you entered into the inner the part of the tent the first part was called the holy place and to the right there Moses put the table of showbread on the north side in the holy place outside the most holy place and there he put 12 pieces of bread each for one of the tribes of Israel every day before the Lord God sent his son and what did he do? He multiplied the loaves, the feed, the lost, the lonely, the outcasts, the fish. And he told them that day, he said, he was the daily bread. All that we needed. Enough was supplied. He was the manna that Moses had needed in the wilderness. And Moses himself had said God had given that bread so man wouldn't live by bread alone. But on every word. Every word of God. It was a prophecy that the word of God would be the bread. He was the manna from heaven. And John chapter 6, he said, Truly I say to you, he who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. And he goes on, he says, The bread which also I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. So Moses set up the pillars. He set up the veil. And then he set a table for bread. Jesus is the bread. Next, Moses put a menorah, just like the one we have here on this table. A uh, seven-lamped candlestick. He placed it opposite of that table, just inside the holy place on the south, and it had seven lamps on it. John said that when he saw him, he knew that in him was the life, and the life was the light of men, light shone in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. In that tabernacle, the only light was that menorah, and because of the radiance of that light and the gold in that place, it was the only lamp you needed, and it was to be lit every day continually, never to go out. Isaiah eleven twelve 12 so said that Jesus was given before he was even born the seven spirits of God, a spirit of fullness in the Holy Spirit, a spirit of the Lord, the spirit of wisdom and understanding of counsel, of power and knowledge, and the spirit of the fear of the Lord. We know he had that even when he was 12 years old, that sevenfold spirit, which is the perfection of the Holy Spirit. When John saw him in Revelation 3, he said, I saw one who held the seven spirits of God. He was the one who was walking between the seven burning lamps before God's throne in Revelation 4. And in John 8, Jesus again spoke to them said, I am the light. I'm the light of the world. And he who walks in me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So John, Moses had made the pillars. He made the veil. He made the bread. And then he made the light. Next you made an altar of incense. And just outside the most holy place where the Ark of the Covenant was there was a veil. And right up before that veil was a little square box just about waist high. It was the altar of incense. And just outside that veil that's where the high priest would come and he would make a fragrant offering to God every day. It represented, as that incense went over the veil, it represented that a high priest would pray prayers to intercede for the people. And those prayers symbolically would go over as smoke to the holy place where God dwelt. He was interceding and bringing the prayer of God to that perfect place. And we know that there, on the night that he was betrayed, Jesus prayed in a garden just outside the temple. And he prayed a prayer so deep in grief, so deep in stress, so deep in anxiety, Uh, anguish that his brow began to sweat drops of blood. I don't know if you've ever had that happen to you before, but I have not. But can you imagine the weight he put on every intercession? And in John chapter 17 tells us just before that moment he had prayed a high priestly prayer for all God's people. He said, God, I pray that they would all be one as we are one. And I'm not just praying for these here. God, I'm praying for all those who will be known by my name. Jesus that night began to intercede for you and for me. And he did in his garden what the first man could never do in his garden. He obeyed God completely. He prayed the prayer that Adam should have prayed. God, not my will, but your will. He undid what the first priest did. The Bible says that we have a great high priest who was tempted just as we were and yet did not sin. He was the new Adam, and he offered perfect intercession at a perfect altar of prayer. He built an altar. Next, Moses built an altar of sacrifice in a wash basin called a laver. Moses set this big square box where they would roast these animals every day before the tabernacle's tent and they would offer a sacrifice and a meal offering on it. And behind that place was the wash basin. And the Bible says that's where he and Aaron and Aaron's son washed their hands and feet after making a sacrifice and before entering that holy place. Exodus 40 says that he set the basin between the tent of meeting and the altar. He put, Moses put water in it for washing. And with that water, Moses and Aaron washed their feet. How interesting that on the night that he was betrayed as they were arguing over who would be at the greatest position. Jesus, who had already laid his divine privilege aside, he made himself of no reputation and came down. Symbolically, Jesus took off his outer robe, laid it down, symbolizing what he'd already done. And he knelt at that place. And not only did he wash their feet as a servant to show them what true love and a true teacher uh, symbolized, but he was preparing them for something. Peter said, wash me all. And Jesus says, no, you're already clean. I'm just going to wash your feet because those who've already been washed, those who've already entered in this place with me, those who are already saved, don't need to do that. But I'm washing your feet. Because he was about to send them out for ministry. Just as Moses washed Aaron's feet and Aaron's son's feet, Jesus washed the disciples' feet, prepared them for ministry. John chapter 13, he laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. He poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He built a place for washing. Next Moses took the testimony of the commandments, the Ten Commandments, a testimony before God and he put it into the ark of the covenant. He attached poles to the ark and he put the mercy seat, the lid on top of the ark which had the angels upon it and he placed it in the most holy place. See that ark, that square box that you've seen, those of you who've seen Indiana Jones you kind of know what I'm talking about. That was a symbol of God's throne. Ezekiel saw it hovering over wheels within wheels. That's where God's holy place of judgment, where the king ruled and reigned. And it was a holy place, and it demanded holiness. And anything that came before that throne, justice would be given to it. And God looked upon that place, and he saw a broken testimony. A broken law, because before we even received the law, we had already broken it. Moses, on the ten, uh, coming down from the Mount Sinai with the Ten Commandments, remember the story, he breaks the law. From the very beginning, it was broken. God saw that broken law, and it had to be covered with mercy. And every day, an innocent lamb had to be slain to cover that place, so that God looked upon that broken law, and all he saw was the blood of an innocent animal applied on a place called mercy that mercy had to rest before judgment or God would never be able to dwell among his people they would never be able to go into his promise he could never come among them because his throne demanded judgment for a broken law and see just as those tablets were broken the first 5 of the tablets the uh, first 5 commandments of that first tablet said to love God with all your heart soul mind and strength they were all about loving God the second of those uh, that tablet the five, second 5 said to love your neighbor as yourself, and here is Jesus, the living testimony of God, the living Word of God comes down from that same mountain to us. He was the testimony that we needed, and he was that law, the word of God. Now once written on a stone, he came visibly to life, not just to be on a stone, but to write his law, the Bible says, upon our hearts. And there is Moses sprinkled blood upon that mercy seat to provide atonement for a broken law. Jesus' blood was sprinkled over his own broken body. So when God looked down upon a broken testimony on an ark, he had only saw the blood of a lamb. But when he looked down upon the broken body of his son, he saw it covered in his own blood, the Lamb of God. He built a mercy seat. And look in Exodus chapter 40, verse 33, just where we were. Here's what it says. Thus, Moses finished the work. Moses finished the work. I believe Moses stepped back and he looked. The tabernacle was finished. And I think he said, it's finished. He had provided the plans for a dwelling place to tabernacle among men. A place where atonement would be made so that God's presence could come down among them and they could be saved, healed, delivered, restored, protected, and provided for. Moses finished the work. The same thing, John chapter 19, verse 30. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, What? It is finished. It's finished. God has so long to dwell among his people, he provided a better place of dwelling. And just like God gave a pattern to Moses to provide me a place that I could be among them. And I know they've broken my law and I can't be there, but Moses, would you provide a veil? Would you provide an access to me? Would you provide a lamp so they can see into that place of revelation of truth? Moses, would you show them that I'm the way, the bread of life? They can't live by natural means, but by spiritual means. Moses, would you put a priest there to give perfect intercession that I could always continue to be among them and have access into their hearts and their hearts into my heart. Moses, would you put that broken law that they broke from the very beginning? Would you place it under my throne? And Moses, provide that atoning work over that place. I'll give you a lid called mercy. And Jesus would come, and He would provide that perfect plan. He would walk through that life and be that perfect tabernacle and be that Word that was broken from the foundation of the world. And He would be our lamp, and He would be our bread, and He would be our high priest, and He would be the Lamb of God slain, and he would provide us a table called grace. And then the last thing he did said, it is finished. It's finished. There is a perfect tabernacle for you to dwell. It gets a little better. You see the cloud cover, the tent of meeting, and the glory filled the tabernacle Moses couldn't even enter it because a cloud, God's divine presence, settled. You see, when Jesus was here on the earth, he said, it's better that I go away because I'm going to send this great promise. When I go away, I'm going to send that divine presence once again. And Paul said it this way. He said, now, guess what, church? You are the tabernacles of the Holy Spirit You are the divine dwelling place of God. He is the head. You are the bodies. And now because he has gone, and in Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit was given to the early church, it came down and glory filled the room. They were all filled as they all began to sing and pray and speak by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit birthed the church that day. And every believer who confesses Jesus receives that divine presence on the inside of them. And they become the living dwelling places you are the tabernacle he wanted to build you are the dwelling place of God would you stand with me tonight that is what this is all about it doesn't end at a cross it was finished there but he filled that place with his divine presence you you're what he was building on that cross I wonder with every nail that was hammered into him that day he was thinking just two more nails It's going to be finished. Everything I've always wanted to build and and be, everything I've always wanted to do is just to get to this moment that I could be among my people and they could be in me. There'd be no more veils, no more separations. Jesus Christ could rule and reign in your heart. His word could be on your heart. His spirit in your spirit, united with him. Man, you are the temple. It's you. You're what he wanted. And it's finished. It doesn't get any better, church. It's already done. It's here. You're it. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit, the dwelling place of God. You see, it was finished so you could be glory filled. I'll say it again it was finished so you can be glory filled. God wants to fill you with glory, His presence, because it's finished. we just get in our own way, worship the Lord? I'm going to ask our elders to come. We're going to take communion and just remember what He said that day. Oh, how He wants to be with you, how He wants to make you His body, clothe you in His blood that He might dwell among you. It's finished. It's finished. Father, in this next moment, we're going to take